0: Welcome to The Music Reel. It's an independent podcast that shares stories from every industry across the planet that music touches. We uncover how music connects all of us and we shed light on those who need our support now more than ever. Welcome to The Music Reel. I'm your host, Nicola Burton. My guest today is from the La Theatre in Brisbane and she is the Executive Director and the incoming CEO, Zoha Spatz. Zoha, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I'm really
1: excited to be here. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, look, it is such a pleasure because I'm, I've just been reading um, all about your thoughts online. So I really wanted to have a chat about this um, great year that we've had in our arts economy it's one that we will never forget. So let's start with Le Bois Theatre. Walk us through what 2020 was like for you guys. And Now you've got Christmas actually happening. I'd also love to hear how audiences are responding to being out there again.
1: Sure. Well, if I could start us back around this time in 2019 when me and my friends all talked around a bottle of wine saying, 2020, it's going to be the year... <laughs> Because I feel like all of us kind of emerged from last year thinking this was going to be a pretty transformative year and our year. And um, that same group of friends and I actually had another glass of wine, unsurprisingly, recently and said, whilst we wouldn't have wanted to do this year again, it actually has been um, a pretty incredible year and in some way our year. um, so I guess I say this because throughout this year I have really tried to commit to half glass full as opposed to being a half glass kind of empty, <laughs> um, which has taken quite a bit of energy. But, look, we kicked off our year hoping for um, hoping for the best. Um, we managed to get one of our shows as part of our main stage off and running, um, and it was a wonderful production to have in our theatre. It was called The Neighbourhood, and it It's centred around a range of different storytellers who all have migrant and refugee backgrounds who have all called Australia home. And it was a really powerful piece. It was in partnership with Multicultural Australia. And it was really about um, trying to change the conversation but also about um, belonging um, And then we went very quickly into um, a festival of new work and um, showings, play readings, conversations. And about on the final weekend, um, COVID, we ended up having to shut the venue down um, and and closing it um, to the general public. We managed to have our last event actually here was Amidst all of the crazy unknown of COVID starting to appear and before we went into an actual lockdown, um, some other sector friends of ours, we were all having a conversation sort of going, is there any information for the independent art sector? How do we get information out there? And about within like 48 hours, we'd coordinated the LPA, the MEAA, um, Australia Council, um, and we... And um, the, anyway, just a whole bunch of people to provide an update to the sector around what was going on. And little did we know, actually, that what would actually unravel through this year was not unlike um, what we were all articulating at the time, which was um, how do we band together? How do we make sure that um, we support one another? What is going on for these independent artists who are the backbone of the industry? Um, and I think that was the last time anyone was able to come out. We had already started socially distancing. Um, we started st- we streamed the event online, which at the time felt quite strange. Now I think we're all quite proficient <laughs> in going digital. Um, and then slowly but surely over that period of time, It was about within a week or two we were having some really difficult conversations at board level within the organisation, trying to be quite decisive um, around just making a call. Um, We contacted every single artist and creative who was engaged in any future production that was slated for 2020, including our tours. We had a number of tours about to go on the road, including single Asian female to Adelaide. Um, We did a Zoom session with all of those company members um, and we cancelled our season. We did that purposefully. We didn't postpone. Um, We didn't leave people hanging. We felt like it was incredibly important to just make a call. Um, We also felt like it was quite important to be incredibly generous and ensure that we paid people out appropriately. Um, Where possible, we gave people most of their payout, um, if not, um, for the ones that were slated further in the year, as much um, notice and respect as possible. Um, obviously, contacting all of our partners. But um, I mentioned this yesterday at our launch of our very exciting news around the artist company. This company is 95 years old, The what has an enormous legacy and it survived world wars, it survived a depression, um, incredible changes in leadership. But we had never actually cancelled a season. Um, for the first
0: time ever no one's ever done
1: that no one had ever done that um and you know it it was incredibly emotional as well there were some projects that had been in development for for years actually brothers book club which was going to premiere at um brisbane festival those young men had been working um on that project and as a collective for over five years they started at queensland theater so you know that For us, you have to do this with respect and um, transparency and compassion and kindness. And, um, yeah, we went through that motion and then slowly but surely it was just an evolution of movement and unknowing and trying to find our way back to centre. I think probably like many other people across industries, I have never done so many budgets I mean I think (laughs) yeah give up on version 755 you're just like I can't I don't know (laughs) um but yeah look I think the we the office we all went into lockdown we all um, moved into our own homes and started working from home and actually what was pretty incredible through that time was um We started doing daily check ins as a group, just quick 30 minute Zooms to connect. Obviously, um, everyone has different home environments, and um, it's quite a young team here at LaBouche. Some live in share houses, some went home to family. Um, I have a young family, um, but this 30 minutes was a, a mental health check in from on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? To really inane questions like, what was your favorite? birthday present you ever received or if you had to be a bird for a day what would it be you know it's really silly really what seemed like silly stuff but actually it gave us all a sense of purpose and um the team has actually never been closer like to deeply understand and support one another through a pretty um intense period of time um And I'm sure you feel the same way. We've gotten to the end of the year and I think everyone is feeling like there's been a lot of emotional (laughs) labour. Oh, yes. (laughs) Carrying a company, but also carrying um, your home lives, like the blurring lines. Um, Anyway, we slowly, surely came back to the office um, and obviously just constantly responding to the Queensland government's restrictions and the easing. Um, Through the period, though, of... lockdown and covert in that kind of heightened period we closed the doors for audiences but we kept them actually open for artists so the little red company um began streaming the isolate show which was um oh they ended up raising over a hundred thousand dollars for the independent arts sector um
0: fantastic
1: yeah incredible they worked for free they did, I think it was about 12 weeks of um, content and ran a Friday night cabaret style show. Um, those guys are extraordinary. Um, and then, you know, we get phone calls from Flipside Circus, they needed to stream a workshop or um, a group of artists needing to do a play reading. And we had all of our COVID safe um, work safe plans in place. We have bricks and mortar, we have a responsibility. Um, So we've worked it out, actually, which is pretty incredible. We've given away like $85,000 of in-kind venue just, you know, at a time when people really needed space. Um, So that has kind of really been, um, for me, a really great example of the ethos and the company values that we're going to be taking into the future in a post-COVID world, which is, you're not much of a theatre company unless you centre artists at the call mm-hmm. um, and we were able to do so by recognising um, we have this enormous and exciting and, and incredible asset which is a building um, and it's always better to fill it than leave mm-hmm. it
0: in.
1: 100%. So it's all been about community
0: for you on so many different levels.
1: I think so. and. think Yeah, and I think, you know, I I regret in some way, not that it was my language, but we called it um, isolation at the start. And actually, in a way, we kind of all manifested that for a short period of time, feeling isolated, but it was about being socially distanced in reality. Um, And that community values piece is something that um, we will, I mean, we've always been, we've been the heart of in Brisbane for a long time before we were up in Kelvin Grove at Howe Street. I'm not originally from Brisbane and it's amazing you meet people who work at Queensland Rail or a teacher or in a different industry and everyone seems to have their first memory of going to a theatre show at Howe Street Um, and that's a privilege and a legacy piece um, that we need to continue to nurture into the future Mm -hmm. as we turn 100.
0: Wow. Well see, I'm at am Pietro Terra, so I'm around the corner from oh, right. the old La Boite. And I think one of my very first shows as a piano player was um, playing there it was like years and years ago. And it's it is it's always felt very community. You feel like you're included. And really arts economies around the world this year, even though we haven't performed live, we're all connected thanks to technology, haven't we? So in many ways, it's actually been the year that's made us. It's the year that's clarified who we are, how we wish to proceed moving forward. And I really want to take, I guess, then talk into your recent announcement for this um, artist company. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? That is so exciting. And look, oh, thanks. congratulations. Thanks. That's fantastic. Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, same group of mates that I spoke about earlier. I think this was a moment <laughs> during the lockdown when. Um, you know, you're starting to do the budgets and realizing you go from seven on stage to two on stage. You just can't afford, just couldn't afford it, and it felt wrong. Um, and you know, also thinking about how do we create stability for these guys that have somewhat been left behind, and um, the the kind of trying to make it as uncomplex as possible. We're not an ensemble theatre. Um, We may become one after this, who knows, but to kind of go, how do you create an 18 month experiment? How do you make sure that artists are at the centre and the core of who we are, that we're not a theatre company run by administrators, whilst there are definitely practitioners within this administration, um, you know, ultimately uh, they're producers or administrators just keeping the engine room going. Um, And there was lots of conversations with different people, different um, funding bodies, different um, friends who are in um, positions of leadership to just kind of figure out how do you do something like this. And for me, it was about experimentation. It was about looking at the work that we already had slated into 2022 to try and ensure it could get off the ground. Also, my background is as a um, stage manager and a lighting designer. That's what I studied at uni. And it felt really important that it wasn't just about actors and directors. It was also about bringing in designers because actually the creatives are core people who are involved in the genesis of work as well. So we went about modelling what it would look like to bring in three artistic leads or directors, all of which have got work seated with the company that's slated to premiere in 22, to bring in um, a full design team. So lighting, sound, um, composer, video design, set and costume design. How do we make sure that we keep telling critical Australian stories? So we bring in two writers in residence, a dramaturg, and then 12 actors But if we're gonna do it, let's make it diverse in age. So let's get a brand new fresh graduate who's just had the worst third year of their entire life because they've been in lockdown. (laughs) And then also let's find an elder. How do we find um, an artist who is more than an established career is, you know, late 60s and is such an um, incredible piece of the fabric of this arts community. And we also look at diversity and background. How do we make sure there's representation across different communities from First Nations people to culturally diverse, um, the LGBTQI community? Because with diversity, the theory really is, is alchemy happens. When people come together from different backgrounds So it's not that this will become an ensemble and they'll start generating new work. They will. Um, That's not the pressure for them. The pressure and the opportunity is here are all these different works that they can be a part of across main stage, a youth and education program, our development program. But how about a hot desk? How about somewhere where you get free internet and you've got access to the bar and cafe and if the studio is available, you can use it and make work. Yeah, you'll definitely be in the main stage program and you'll definitely have um, a small salary through the next 18 months. But what about just not ever feeling isolated next year and knowing that in the same way we just spoke about community and belonging, um, that that is a feeling that they can have here. And also more broadly for the sector, this doesn't mean the blood will only have 22 people. It means that there'll be 22 people and then we can use the money that we had prior to being able to engage them to engage more people, um, which was the ultimate gift for me. Like it means we can now double the engagement that we had available to us next year.
0: And what you're doing is you're actually creating this blueprint for our industry worldwide, aren't you? You actually, you set the bar so high and it's, it's, it's actually achievable. It's, i I absolutely love it um there's um, this great quote by dr Wendy Lear where she says we've got a 19th century art form 20th century business model but we've got 21st century audience needs so what you're actually doing is you're working with the 21st century needs so I wanted to sort of use that to go to your little article on on art hub let's talk about the pivot and the innovate which is like the buzzwords in 20 oh, right? yeah we've got to pivot we've got to innovate But your question, I think, is very valid. How do we measure that? What's the value of that? What's our new metrics model in this industry to make sure that we're actually on track? Can you walk us through your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, look, I think it comes back to this idea around, um, so this is a strange analogy, but through this period of time, there's been a lot of um, kind of conversations about art versus sport, right? So um, the Gabba kind of reopened and the Suncorp Stadium reopened and, Uh, i remember getting a phone call from a newspaper going we'd love to quote you on art versus sport how do you feel about you know them being able to have half full you know stadiums and you can't even have people in the theater and i got so um frustrated because i was like actually the experience of sport is so transcendent like i i love football i grew up in melbourne (laughs) um I'm emotional about it. I want my kids to follow the team. You know, like I look at sport as more than the, than the transaction of being in the football match. It's the membership. It's the buying the jersey. It's the chats. It's the watching of the TV. And I think something along the lines within arts, because it's become quite clear we don't know how to tell our own story particularly well when we're advocating It's actually also about I think our audiences have really just sort of engaged at that transactional experience so they come for the gig you know they they buy the ticket they come for the performance and then they kind of leave they go off site they have their food and drink they haven't bought into this sense of religion or um, the transcendent moment of being part of something bigger and I just kind of question whether or not we need to look beyond the transaction, the box office success. Yeah. 100%,
0: take, yes. Yeah,
1: and take, take some of that essence of all the other things that rather than rage against those machines, so to speak, actually no. kind of go, well, it's more than the transaction of the event. It's all the things that sit around it. And um, for me, I also question... Um, I spoke earlier at, an, at another event around um, I've always been of this camp that it's not just about marketing a show. Sometimes people don't come and see the show because of the building it's presented in, the institution that's presented it, that first impression they've had, that kind of sense that art is elite. And elite isn't necessarily just about how high earning you are or how well educated you are. It's also about the people and the artsy crowd and that imposter syndrome. So I also wonder whether or not we have a responsibility as a venue and a theatre company to kind of demystify and, and find more access points so community can come and experience just being here without this expectation that they have to somehow also then buy a ticket. So next year we're um, investing through the support of Arts Queensland in developing free public art within our precinct. Um, And I think for me, watching how that might make our space feel a little less intimidating, um, how it might be a little bit more welcoming for new um, community members to come and join us, um, that we need to kind of look a little bit more holistically at what success looks like beyond... The ticket pathway, that purchase pathway, because I think people want more than that. They want to be part of something.
0: They want there's like an energy exchange that happens, and it's an experience that the ticket doesn't really give credit to. It's something you can only experience when you're there, and you feel it in your body. It it sort of changes you in some ways. It, it, that's the alchemy that you're talking about. And I think it's I think we're ready for that. After this year, we've had it all on screen, right? Technologies, we've been there, but you can't get that energy exchange on screen. You can only get it when you're there collectively, you know, in a theater with all these people around you. You can just, you can feel it and everyone's response and you know, there's that to and fro between the audience and the stage. I think that you're onto something. I really think that 2021 and beyond, we're going to change the way that we interact with arts and we have a value for it. So I love what you guys are doing. Look thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me because I think people need to hear what's going on. And you, you, like I said, you're actually taking a step forward way before everyone else. We're all going to be watching you, you know, (laughs) everyone's going to be following. Okay. This is what they're doing. We better try this.
1: (laughs) Well, if there's ever a year to experiment, it's next year. Who knows what it will be. So best put your foot forward for some transformation and some, you know, risk taking (laughs) and you know what, you always land on your feet. So
0: Exactly. Well, look, you guys look like you've got a great season 21 happening. Love the trailer, looks really thank cool. You. So good luck with everything. And look, thank you for taking the time to talk to me and for Thanks, us, your voice to this conversation. It's so important for people to understand what's coming for us. And what's coming, I think, is going to be filled with optimism and filled with creativity. And that's what we're doing it for. We're doing it to express ourselves and create something new. So so Ha, huh, thank you so much. What a pleasure it was to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. See you next time. See ya.